Welcome to the special edition of the IBSC Exploring Boys Education podcast. I'm Bruce Collins and it's a privilege to be your host and to share some of the school in lockdown ideas that have been shared with us by member schools. Last week, I reached out to the IBSC community through our IBSC community in a time of distance e-list to find out how schools are managing the shift to online and distance learning. Members from all over the world have shared some wonderful insights and our hope is that while this isn't an exhaustive list of options, that member schools would be encouraged by how schools are facing up to this challenge. Feel free too to log on to our member centre and join the e-list we created to share ideas, compassion and friendship at this time. Let's kick off with Crescent School's Head of Upper School, as he shares some of the principles guiding their rollout of online learning. Hello, IBSC community. My name is Nick Kovacs. I'm the head of upper school and deputy headmaster at Crescent School in Toronto. First and foremost, I'd just like to say that our thoughts go out to you, our fellow educators, and to your students in IBSC schools around the world during this challenging time. My goal is to give you an overview of the guiding principles that we've used as a means of developing what we're referring to as our virtual learning program. We felt as though having the principles was an important way for us to be able to navigate these uncharted waters. We really view them as a a North Star. We're in our fourth week of virtual learning and the second phase of our virtual learning program. And these principles have been very helpful for both planning and as a means of framing our communication to various school stakeholders. So we have three guiding principles, continuity, flexibility, and community. Let's start with continuity. The description of this principle is, our goal is to ensure that the boys continue their studies and complete the academic year as scheduled. This is a very straightforward and essential principle that doesn't require a lot by way of explanation. It was really just important to us to demonstrate to everyone in our community that we are very committed to ensuring the that our academic program continues through to the end of the year in a largely uninterrupted way. Our second principle is flexibility, and here's the description. Given the evolving circumstances, the lack of predictability for all stakeholders, and the fact that we are adjusting to new realities in our personal lives, our goal is to implement a structure that affords a degree of flexibility. This is another essential principle, and it helped guide our decision to launch the virtual learning program in a series of phases. For example, for the first two weeks, we were largely doing asynchronous work in light of the fact that a significant number of our staff and families were still very much adjusting to the new realities of travel-related quarantine, establishing family routines. Many of our teachers were homeschooling. Um, So again, having some flexibility and being adaptive and helping people understand that this model is going to change and evolve over time. And then finally, community. Relationships are and have always been an essential component of the Crescent School experience. And it was really essential to us that we incorporate community building activities into the virtual learning program. 
We've been doing that in a variety of different ways, including maintaining our mentor group program where our mentors check in with their mentees. And a number of amazing stories have come out of this. For instance, one of our mentors actually used contactless delivery of pizza to send pizza to all of his mentees so that they could enjoy pizza together over a Zoom call, something that they would have been doing in person at this time of year in the school. So these are the types of um, initiatives and relational moments that I know that all stakeholders are going to remember um, long after this issue has been dealt with. Following on from Nick's comments about community and reflecting on the principles that many schools are applying at this time as they shift into the online space, educators of boys know that relationship is key in teaching young men. Especially at this time, we cannot lose our sense of community. And a very special hello to all my friends at IBSC and hope everyone is doing as well as you possibly can given these uh, extraordinary times. This is Hal Hannaford from Someone House School in Montreal. And I have to tell you, when we started this a, a few weeks ago, we developed some really guiding principles. The basic tenets that we adhere to or, or do adhere to are known and love, support for all, community and connection. And really the main strategic focus can be summed up by the expression community before curriculum. We have found that to be absolutely, absolutely crucial. If we want to aspire to all the levels of greatness with our program, we have to put community for first. Hello, my name is Chris Burke. I'm the Dean of St. Dominic School for Boys in Memphis, Tennessee, USA. We have managed to keep relational connections with our boys by keeping our weekly community gatherings with Zoom technology in a virtual setting. Every Monday at the same time, we have continued to celebrate our Greet the Week assembly, which is a time where we celebrate our young men's birthdays, their achievements, sing our school song, say our school, school prayer, and share out any relevant announcements for the community. We have also kept our Friday tradition of gathering, where we come together at the end of every Friday to close out our day, close out our week, to share what we are grateful for, what our blessings are. And this assembly has been even more special now with the setting that we're in in this world, that being able to recognize the many blessings that we still have as a community, as individuals, that assembly, that gratitude assembly, has taken an even deeper meaning for us, for our faculty, and for our boys. Hi everyone, my name is Gillian Chris, and I'm the Digital Learning Coach at Sensitivians Boys Prep in Johannesburg. The guiding principles that we're using in the shift from face-to-face -to, -face to online learning is that all staff need to be aware of student and family pressures during this time. This means that we need to keep the learning simple, so parents are not teaching the boys, and boys are not giving up before this program even gets off the ground. We chose to post all the lessons in grade-specific Google Classrooms and under one date, so the boys know what was expected of them for that day. We decided to break down work into bite-sized daily chunks, so the boys only had to focus on the daily task and not be overwhelmed by completing a full assignment over a few days. Lastly, teachers needed to ensure that the boys owned their learning and this meant contacting the boys about work that was outstanding before contacting the parents. 
Hal, Chris and Gillian's sentiments are shared by Jack Pennell of Baltimore Collegiate in the United States. Two things we knew right away that we had to get our teachers up to speed on how to be effective teachers uh, virtually. And secondly, we had to get our, our students and their families ready for uh, internet connectivity. Now, everyone should be aware in the, in the US context, uh, we're an urban school, 70% of our kids uh, live in poverty, that there's a great digital, digital divide in this country. And we surveyed our families and asked them, uh, two questions. Uh, what uh, access did they have to the internet, if any? And uh, is there a computer in their home? And the results of that survey told us <clears throat> that about 17% of our families lacked uh, a computer in the home. So that was a divide we had to cross. And we had not yet become a one-to-one school with uh, technology. And so we addressed that issue. So we addressed two issues, is what will uh, teaching look like virtually? And are our teachers ready to do that? And the second issue, what will um, learning look like for our students? JP boys in South Africa value quality of work while trying to stay true to who they are face to face. Hello, my name is Robert Faltermeyer, and I'm the Director of Innovation at JP High School for Boys, which is a state school from Johannesburg, South Africa. I hope to share some insight into what our school has done to meet this challenge to continue to educate our boys. Our guiding principle in shifting from face-to-face to online learning during this pandemic has been twofold. Firstly, to emphasize quality of work over quantity, and secondly, to continue encouraging our school's holistic approach to education into the online space as much as it is possible to do so. Another guiding principle for JEPI is the upskilling and development of teaching staff. Baltimore Collegiate similarly spent time investing in faculty. With regards to upskilling and supporting our staff in being able to facilitate online learning, we have been lucky that over the last five years, we have had a lot of internal training among our staff as well as support from our management encouraging the use of digital learning platforms, as well as actively encouraging a sound pedagogical approach on how and when it is appropriate to use digital learning in our normal everyday lessons. However, at this time, with South Africa being in a five-week national lockdown, the skills the staff have learned have served us well in being able to meet this new challenge of moving into an online distance learning space. We have also allowed um, for online meetings amongst our staff in digital CPD sessions at least three times a week, where we not only introduce any new concepts that we feel could help our staff, but also where staff can share any challenges or successes they've been having in their online environment. And so every staff member can learn from each other. Our staff has uh, risen to this challenge in amazing ways. We've discovered new talents with the staff. We have uh, move staff around to different roles. Uh, it feels like a, um, a new energy has come through us to like, we're in this together. Mason Summerfield builds on this idea of equipping teachers, sharing that they trialed tools with staff and senior boys before rolling these out to the entire community. Hello, I'm Mason Summerfield, Deputy Principal of Rathkill College in the Wairapa, which is one and a half hours north of Wellington in New Zealand. We went into full lockdown on the 26th of March and had two days of remote teaching and learning prior to the end of the end of term April holidays. These holidays have been moved forward two weeks by the government 
which has proven to be a smart idea, as this will allow teachers and families to settle into the routines of a lockdown and to prepare resources for when we fully get into remote teaching. Two weeks prior to the lockdown announcement, we started trialling the use of Zoom and Microsoft Teams with our Year 13 classes. Some of these final year classes were sent home or back to their boarding houses so that a few teachers could trial a potential teaching and learning how that could look. This was useful as it meant that there were lots of informal discussions in the staff room about the pros and cons of video conferencing and it meant that our IT department could iron out any potential problems. We have regular staff PLD sessions, one of which we use to demonstrate how teams could be used, to remote, uh, used for remote teaching. So the week prior to the lockdown announcement, we had several staff spread throughout the school with the rest were, uh, while the rest were in the library. And our excellent director of IT, Shane Mann, showed the whole staff what could be done um, and how to use various features of Teams. We're quite lucky in being a Microsoft showcase school, so we have a high proportion of highly capable IT literate staff. Most staff then trialled the use of Teams, and again, the informal discussions afterwards have proven to be highly valuable. Kim Simons-Tebe and Polly Higgins mention the power of flexibility, agency and choice for both teachers and boys and also in considering program design. Hi, my name is Kim Simons-Tebe from St Albans College in Pretoria, South Africa. The overriding principle during this transition to the online platform is that the boy must be at the centre and that the individuality of the teacher or subject was not negated through the process. We are not a one-size-fits-all school and we didn't want to change that as we moved online. Subjects and teachers were encouraged to find the best way to deliver their content and assessments. The Google Suite, including Google Classroom and all the apps, was our primary platform. We, cho- we chose to maintain the structure of the academic day, so 8 times 30 minute lessons. We also chose to continue with our formal assessments and used Google Forms quite successfully to do so. The English department used Flipgrid for oral presentation assessments. Our visual arts students were encouraged to make use of the material found in and around their homes to complete their final pieces for the term. So problem solving and critical thinking skills were of greater use and more greatly applied. on the online platform. We also allow teachers to choose how they wanted to present the content in consultation with the boys. Many prefer the pre-recorded lessons that were downloaded and tasks assigned for them to work at their own pace. Others preferred the online streaming of lessons and the strict time frames for them to work within. Hello, this is Polly Higgins from King Edward School in Birmingham in the UK. Uh, King Edward King Edwards is a secondary school with year 7 to 13. Uh, our school uses a number of online platforms. There's no one imposed platform and teachers have the choice of which kind of platform they want to use that they think best fits the teaching and the learning of the boys. Internally, we've got Firefly, uh, but lots of teachers use Google Classroom. And before we went into lockdown, we all had the option to be trained in Zoom. Personally, I use a combination of Zoom for whole class activities and Google Classroom in order to set assignments so students can upload their work. The boys are really used to switching platforms. um, And I think it's much as they do with their social media choices. I don't think it's a big issue for boys to use different platforms or it's certainly not that I've observed in my uh, teaching. 
we had one week of distance learning at the end of March and we have an eight period day of 40 minute lessons. Lower school tend to have eight lessons a day and upper school are more likely to have double lessons. One of the things we found in that first week was that the younger boys in particular were really struggling with jumping from lesson to lesson online. They were online for most of the day and the feedback we got from parents and the boys was that they weren't getting a hugely beneficial educational experience. Teachers were tending to set more work than was needed with the option, you know, complete this if you if you have time. And the more conscientious boys were feeling that they had to complete the work and therefore were just completely overwhelmed. And also, interestingly, staff fed back that they were struggling as well to plan for the online lessons, as well as try and perhaps manage family at home um, and just getting to grips with the whole new system. So we've gone with a quite a radical decision, which is to completely change the timetable. Instead of having an eight period day, we're going to have a four period day. We're taking our week A timetable. So we have a week A and a week B and we're just extending the lessons. So um, in the first week, it will be week A lessons period one to four, but they'll be double the length. And in the second week, it will be week a lessons but period five to eight and again they'll be double the length and we're hoping that that allows people the space and time to deliver meaningful educational experiences. Selwyn House's principle of gradualism resonates with me and seems to be a prudent approach in these times. And from the boys point of view and from our entire community, we really believed in, the, in, in gradualism and evolution. We didn't want to rush anything that was just too ominous. We took our time and we formulated our plan and our program over the first couple of weeks. And we're still evolving, but gradualism and evolution is crucial if this thing is going to work. Because at the heart of it, we still have to maintain our relations with our boys. We know that relationships is the medium by which boys learn best. And if we were going to we were going to maintain that, we had to figure out the best way. And we have found actually that you can can maintain these meaningful relationships, whether it's in groups, individuals, small groups, and it works well. So the mindset really has become, in, become one that has evolved from a challenge and an inconvenience and fear into something that we hopefully embrace. It's a new paradigm of learning. And for many people, it's a great way to express their individuality and their creativity and develop programs that are really quite spectacular. Archie Tyson and Jack Pinnell also share that a strong plan and structured approach have helped Baltimore Collegiate's community settle into a good rhythm of teaching and learning. Collegiate did not plan on missing a day of school uh, and Collegiate will continue classes and continue grading uh, business as usual in our new norm. Uh, so uh, it was very, very powerful coming out of uh, that first planning session to be able to unleash that message uh, to our staff, to our students, and to our parent community. Um, uh, that was uh, number one in our preparation uh, for moving online. The technical part of equipping our students and making sure they had Gmail and surveying, uh, that, was, that was a little bit more of the easier part, but just making sure that we had a very united message 
we were surprised at the number of boys who were ready, up and ready to learn online. We have a daily schedule that looks like the daily school schedule. And our boys showed up and did and, and showed up and they were excited to see each other. We realized that we had to norm some uh, behaviors online, like how you dress, what you look like, what you said. Uh, and we did that quickly. Uh, we've been able to host our morning assembly online by grade level. Uh, and we have made um, you know, uh, contact with every single parent, uh, uh, at least since the start of uh, school closure. Mm -hmm. I would say every parent has been touched and uh, uh, contacted at least three, four times. Similarly, Mason Summerfield highlights the need for good and clear communication and also the need to acknowledge people's time constraints at this time. The main discussion point for us was when, uh, when and how should we communicate and teach our classes once the lockdown started. We decided to stick uh, with our regular timetable but only arrange two meetings each week um, out of our normal four. This being the first and last scheduled lesson of each week. We thought that this would allow for sufficient face-to-face -face contact with the boys, but also provide enough flexibility for them to complete self-directed learning, which will have to happen, and give some downtime for the staff, most of whom also have their own families to manage. The video conferencing that Teams allows is great, as the boys actually seem to enjoy being able to see and talk with each other. We will be expecting a lot more self-directed learning, and this could well be beneficial to those keen and able but we may need to consider how to support those less interested in schoolwork, because there are some, and those who have a heavy emphasis on practically based subjects, as it's clearly quite difficult um, to teach and learn remotely. I'm sure you'll agree that these guiding principles are helpful and insightful. Now we turn to some of the ideas teachers have shared with us regarding the platforms and tools they're using and how these were rolled out. Gillian Khos picks up the discussion and is joined by Camilla Elliott and Anita Trollis. Since Dillian's Boys Prep has been using Google Classroom for the last four years, so we chose to stick with what we know. Three days before lockdown, the staff completed a four-hour workshop on the basics of Google Classroom. We then asked teachers to post work, and the following day we fine-tuned and fixed problems that cropped up so that in the end we were, we were a united front working from the same page with the same thinking in place. Both the IT teacher and I made how-to videos and PDFs for teachers to continue learning at home, and we shared these in our staff Google Classroom along with fun daily check-ins. The boys probably had the biggest learning curve when moving online. They had used Google Classroom, but it was not to the level of online learning. Our biggest issue has been getting the boys to hand and work correctly. Most boys figured out how to do it, but some boys needed a how-to video. We have a support group that looks after the boys that normally struggle in class and they get more video calls with uh, smaller groups of kids to help them understand the work. And we are also looking at creating smaller support groups for those boys whose parents are working from home and are too busy to motivate and guide them. In the first week of online learning, we kept contact with the boys via email and Google Classroom. And as the basics improved on both sides, we ventured out into voice memos, the odd video, and then Google Hangouts. In order to shift to online learning, we needed to change our mindset. We realized that boys need reassurance that they're doing the work correctly. And we found that feedback is crucial to develop confidence and to keep the boys motivated to continue. 
A mixture of synchronous and asynchronous learning has been developed for the next stage of our learning program, and we've also decided to reduce the amount of work that needs to be be completed so that the boys don't rush through the tasks. Above all, we need to show these boys that although they are not in our physical classroom, we still care for them as individuals in this virtual world, and we need to still give them the encouragement that they need in order to succeed. My name's Camilla Elliott, and I'm Head of Library and Digital Learning at Masnod College, which is located in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. So how have we prepared our students to move online in this time of COVID-19? Um, each of our students has his own laptop, so the boys are well acquainted with working in the digital environment. And our learning environment is based on the Schoolbox Learning Management System that we call MASCOM. Uh, it was introduced last year and we use this in conjunction with a Parateacher Dashboard, G Suite for Education and various other tools that integrate with Apara and G Suite. The students and their families have been kept well informed by our principal Tony Coughlin as to the expectations for learning, attention to classes, attendance, etc. And they've been given a clear timetable and set up a routine to follow each morning and that's all been published on their MASCOM homepages. Um, at the end of term one, they were encouraged to come forward with any queries and were given clear written guidelines for moving their learning from school to home. And so um, managing their uh, relational connections with the boys, this from the beginning uh, was very important to our principal executive and the school in general. And so there has been given an emphasis. The boys had their first day of classes for term two today. Uh, they mark attendance for each class and they start the day with maths, as uh, start today with maths is the usual uh, practice. Um, this is recorded and placed online. Um, home and teachers will connect with their class each morning, either with pre-recorded or live video conference and some form of connection, such as social communication tools on their MASCOM homepages or email. And consistency in the delivery of learning resources via course pages and unit pages and communication has been given priority. Um, the students need to know what they're doing. Uh, there are a range of feedback options, both verbal and written, that are used in MASCOM and G Suite. And there's also value in Hippara Teacher Dashboard for teachers to monitor student work in progress. They can intervene with the boys individually if necessary, and um, this saves waiting until work's not submitted and there's uh, evidence of a problem. So uh, we're on a journey like everybody else. Uh, the week has started well and hopefully the momentum of learning for the graduating uh, students in particular will be maintained. My name is Anita Trolise and I am the Director of Academics at St John's Prep School in Johannesburg, South Africa. The platform that we're using during this lockdown period is the Google Suite for Education. And the reason why we have chosen to go with this um, platform is because it's familiar to the boys. It is what we use generally in um, our teaching. And so at this time, we didn't want to introduce the boys to a whole lot of new apps uh, where parents might incur additional costs and so on. Another big factor was the safety and security aspects is we know that 
the um, apps within the G Suite for Education uh, platform that um, it's secure for our boys and um, that's really, really important. In terms of upskilling and supporting our staff, we are very fortunate to have um, Irene Basson, who's the IT director for the college teaching and learning. And once we were made aware that the lockdown was happening, she, within 24 hours, set up a um, special site for all our teachers. And on it, she loaded additional instructional videos on how to use the various apps, the various platforms that um, she recommended during the time of the lockdown. We basically um, decided to only focus at, initially on five essential tools which was um, Screencastify, Jamboard uh, for feedback and to allow the uh, student voice. Uh, we use Flipgrid and we use Google Meet. Um, the platform that we use is Google Classroom. So what Irene did was she ensured that on the site for our staff, additional videos instructional videos were set up. She also arranged um, hangouts where we could, um, and webinars where we could log in and uh, she would answer specific questions. This has been absolutely invaluable. We also work very collaboratively and um, in our little units, we would discuss with each other, uh, you know, difficulties that we're having and um, we'd help each other with problem solving those, those um, issues. Hal Hannaford shares that Selwyn has created a hub through which all learning can be communicated, regardless of the tools that are being used. We have developed a website and you can access that at the Selwyn House website. You can get an easy link on the homepage to our COVID-19 or what we now call the Selwyn House at Home website. And it has all the information that you need from a curriculum, from parent resources, teacher resources, our counseling, community at large, technology, any of that. All the information we have is on there. Um, so we've used that as a centralized location for all our material. Uh, Zoom continues to be our, our communication device that we most frequently use. And in K-4, to we use Seesaw as our platform. In grade 5 to 6, we use Google Classroom. And in the middle and senior school, grade 7 to 11, we use On Campus. And it has worked out really well. Obviously, the support we had to offer to many of our staff and faculty was huge. We have dedicated hours between 8 and 10 every morning we have provided tutorials on that website you can see all the tutorials we have offered one-on-one -on -one help and slowly but surely everybody is embracing and get involved as many have mentioned rob faltermeyer highlights the strength of an intuitive platform to use our primary online platform has been g suite which we started using back in 2015 and our primary reasons for using it has been its ability to help encourage students and staff to work on a remote basis, not just with regards to curriculum content, but to promote aspects that go beyond the curriculum, including 21st century skills. Another reason is its ease of use. We have over a thousand boys across um, five grades, as well as another 80 academic staff, and it has been very simple to monitor, manage and assign work and engage with our students. In closing, Kim Simons-Tebe and Rob Faltermeyer remind us that we're in a time of innovation in education and embracing different ways of doing things is key to success. The transition itself in terms of technical know-how was quite fluid for boys because we have been working extensively on the Google Suite since September 2019. The mindset for the teachers around assessments 
and keeping up with the content was definitely challenged by this experience. Teachers had to rethink the amount of assessments that they wanted to do and also were encouraged to spend more time consolidating and refining skills instead of teaching, which was another big mind shift. Both boys and staff were exhausted at the end of it and I think this was largely because they didn't have enough downtime. Otherwise, it was a good learning curve, steep learning curve for all involved. I think the biggest mindset that we've needed to change is the ability to be adaptable and to be open to new ideas and be willing to try something different. We often encourage our boys to have grit and to not only think, but also act outside the box. And this is something that we've encouraged our staff to do at this time. Clearly, our member schools are facing these extraordinary times with positivity and resilience. It is amazing to see the creativity and commitment of educators in member schools. Your commitment to the education of boys in this time does not go unnoticed. We at IBSC take our hats off to you. Lastly, it is in times like these that community pulls together, and I would like to encourage you to reach out to your IBSC friends wherever they might be in the world and share ideas, but most importantly, support each other at this time. From me, Bruce Collins, keep safe and well.